Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 208, Dissecting a Wing Bone Collar with Mark Sharp. And I am your host... And the birthday boy this week. I've got another one of those rolling around here in a couple of days. And fortunately for me, I don't feel it. But I'm getting awfully close to that half century mark. All right, I've got a rather long show for you guys today. So my intro and outro are going to be pretty brief this week. This week's interview is with Mark Sharp, who is a turkey call maker from Georgia. And Mark is a name that I kept running across online when I was researching this topic. And because of that, I felt like I needed to get him on the show to share his knowledge with us. And this is a really good one. There's some great info in here. Mark is a super nice guy, very knowledgeable. And let's get into it. I'll see you guys on the other side. Hey, everybody. I am glad to tell you that I have on the line today Mark Sharp, who is, I guess the best way to describe Mark is he's a turkey hunter. Not only is he a turkey hunter, but he's a turkey call maker. And so I've been wanting to get someone on the show that can talk to us about how to make wing bone calls, kind of what we need to look for in the actual bones, that kind of thing. And so I started digging around online, and it seems like everywhere I looked, every forum I read, every Facebook fan page I went to, there was one name that consistently came up on every single one of those, and that is Mark Sharp. So I dug down and was able to track him down and tricked him into coming on the show today. So Mark, how are you and where are you? Hey, Andy, man, I'm doing fine, and I'm glad to be a part of your show. And I'm down here in a little old town about 45 miles northwest of Savannah, a little town called Claxton, Georgia. And uh, like I said, I'm glad to be on your show. Well, man, I appreciate you taking time out and coming on to talk to us about this. And I'm interested in it, and I read quite a few posts on one of the forums, and I'm not going to say which one it is. If people want to find you on the forums, they can go out there and find you. But one of the posts that I read was talking about some of the different kinds of bones to use, or actually you were talking about some of the different kind of bones to use and so on and so forth. And so I'm, I'm really interested in this. But before we get into it, 
I want you to tell us a little bit about you and yeah. how you got into turkey hunting. Well, I'll tell you, I've, I've always fished Fort Stewart down here. It's a big military reservation. You know, my uncle and I were out sitting out cat hooks one, one year, and it was in the spring of the year, and the county that I live in didn't have a turkey season. Mm-hmm. These old boys come by in a big old jacked-up truck, you know, and tires roaring and everything else. And when they come by, they, they shook an old gobble tube out there. And I, I heard that old gobble tube, and I thought then, I said, you know, that's something other that I think I want to get into is turkey hunting. I'd always been a deer hunter ever since I was a little boy. You know, it's like Christmas time when deer season opened up. And so anyway, I, I'd grown up hunting. This guy shook that gobble tube, and I'm thinking, you know, that, that's got to be a, a thrill right there. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got into it. I, I didn't know anybody turkey hunted. I had an, a great uncle that he, he never participated in any turkey hunting. He was a big deer hunter. But his dad and his granddad had always turkey hunted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was my only source that I could go to 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 ask any questions being my my granddad and my great granddad and his granddad had passed away yeah so anyway i went to him and i asked him i said uncle l i said do you know anything about this turkey hunting and he said well the only thing i can tell you is he said uh you get you somewhere or another that that's got a few turkeys in it he said you go in there and he said you hit that call two or three times and he said, if one ever answers you, he said, you just put your call down and sit there and wait. And he said, they might want to run up from behind you that never said a word. And I lived by that for, for quite a few years. And, you know, then I got into to listening to the audio tapes. There wasn't any such thing as a CD or a DVD back then. Mm-hmm. And I got into listening to some audio tapes and I got to learning about the mating cackle and and all this kind of stuff, and it just kind of seemed like my kill ratio went down after I kind of strayed away from what my uncle told me. And, yeah. You know, I I got started in 1984, so I guess this year makes my 34th year of turkey hunting. Wow. And, uh, you know, I've been at it quite a while. I I don't have very little private land that I can hunt. And, you know, I, I know a lot of guys talking about private versus public, and, I did join a club one time that's supposed to be in private. It wasn't supposed to be, but three of us that turkey hunted on it and ended up there was about 12 head that hunted on 2,000 acres of land over there. So, yeah. you know, and the guy that got me into it, I never could seem to beat him there in the morning times. And I'd keep getting there <laughs> earlier and earlier and earlier, and he would too. But anyway, uh, I've oh, hunted predominantly <laughs> private, uh, public land, you know. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I, I've learned to hunt these birds down here in Fort Stewart, and I've had my butt kicked several times. You know, in fact, uh, a good friend of mine, he and I, I called up his first bird, and he went on to call for real tree. Well, I think he started off with uh, Magnum Game calls, and then he went to real tree, and now he's with night and hail. And, you know, he's done real good in that. I'm happy for him. And, he and I don't get to spend as much time in the woods now, as, you know, as either one of us would like. But, you know, I've, <laughs> this turkey hunting even become so much of an obsession. It cost me a wife. I, I, I've been through that 
big divorce. And, mm-hmm. But I have to say that my little wife that I got right now, she's my favorite hunting partner. There you, you know, she doesn't knock me whenever I buy a call. In fact, she's even taking a few calls from me. You know, I, I spent 10, 11 years working out on the road. and I'd get a call in the mail and I'd tell her, I'd say, pull it out of there. And she'd pull it out and she'd play it. And she said, this is mine. So I'd have to go and buy, go and get me another call, but down through the years, my deer hunting has become virtually nothing. Turkey hunting has is just taken over my life. Yeah, you know, I, like I said, I've been doing it for thirty four years, and really and truly, I I just kind of wanted to get back to simplicity. You know, I've got enough pot calls in there. That I don't know. You know, you could play one every day of the season and never run out of a pot call. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just kind of got into the box calls and the air-operated calls, and I've been playing air-operated calls uh, since about 2000. The same guy that that uh, went on the call with Night and Hale and all, and he's a pro staff member for them now, Kerry Terrell. You know, he bought me my first little old Ralph Permar three-jointed yelper and you know now i think i've probably got 50 or 60 of them in there and so you know i mean i i just i love what i'm doing i love being out here in the shop sometimes you kind of have to watch it because it kind of interferes with your home life yeah you get so many people on a on a list and all there and you feel like you've got to get them all done and you know, your wife's wanting to go here or there or whatever. And so, you know, you just have to, you just have to adjust and you have to make those adjustments and say, well, you know, which one is the most important, my marriage or, or this call making business. But I've been real successful with it. And I, I thank everybody, you know, that's bought a call from me. You know, I, I joined the forums in 2009. That, that's my first time that I ever joined and I got to putting a few calls up there and you know people got liking them and I have to say that I that I have never offered a call for sale you know yeah you know I've never put anything up that said hey I've got this call for sale if anybody's interested you know and I put some calls in some good hands on some guys that I knew would use them I got one guy over in Alabama over there that I, I built him a call. He He's just pure out turkey killer. And I built him this call, and I sent it to him. And last time I saw it, you couldn't even see the feather on it, you know. I, and and I'll tell you, my my artwork has improved down through the years. And this, this guy's got this call, and the finish is about beat off of it. And I told him, I said, why don't you send that thing back to me? And, you know, I'll make it look brand new again. And he said, uh-uh, this thing, <laughs> I'm not trusting this thing to the U.S. Postal Service. <laughs> and, but, you know, that that about sums me up as far as, you know, where I'm at right now. Yeah. So, you know, I, I guess that's me. Uh, I'll t- I will tell you this. You know, I, I'm a firm believer in in. I've given calls away to kids and all before. Uh, one year I had two little old guys walk up to me there in Nashville. I was in Russell Beard's booth over there. And, mm-hmm. You know, I had two calls left, and two little boys walked up. And they wanted to know what I get for those calls. I said, well, how much you got in your pocket? And they said, well, not much after buying these mouth calls. And I said, well, pick that call up and play it. And 
you know, you know, a youngin' can pick one up, and hey, they're much more advanced than what adults are sometimes, as far as that, because they don't have any bad habits. Right. <clears throat> and so, they picked these calls up, and they went to playing them, and I reached around there. I got a little plastic shipping tube that I put them in, or a little plastic tube, and you know, a little write up with each call, and a lanyard comes with it, and all that, and I stuck them down in there. Handed one to one and one to the other one, and boy, they went off happy as could be. But you know, sometimes you have to. Sometimes you have to do some stuff like that. I mean, you know, it just warms your heart to see a kid smile. Oh yeah. So, you know, that's that's kind of where I'm at with all that. Yeah, so. there's no doubt about that. You know, you mentioned that hunting club that you got in, and I think I was in that same club. I always have a hard time beating beating somebody there in the morning time to get to the secret spot that everybody knows about. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, the way I look at private versus public, where I hunt at, there's 286,000 acres down there compared to this 2,000-acre club with 12 people on it. And, you know, it don't take but but three or four times a of going in on a piece of, of, of private land right there, and you might as well be hunting public land. That's exactly You know, when right. you got everybody concentrated in one area there. Yeah. Yep. No doubt about it. So tell us about your call company. You know, I mentioned that, that you have the call company. You've mentioned it as well. But tell us a little bit about the company, the types of callers that you make, and what kind of callers you really are best known for. Well, really and truly... I, I don't consider myself a company. I'm just an individual out here in a little old shop building a few calls. And what I, what I predominantly build, or the only thing that I build, is I build wing bones. I build a river cane call, and I build a Jordan-style call that's fashioned after Charles Jordan's call. And I build, on occasion, when I've got the material, I've got a good friend that, that will send me some big bamboo. I mean, it might be anywhere from an inch to a inch and a quarter, but it's got a little tiny hole up through it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's about 2,500 different varieties of bamboo. And all the bamboo around here has got a big old hole as big as your thumb. But, you know, I, I got this bamboo from him, and I'm able to fashion it in, in, in a, you know, into a good call. So I guess basically what you can say is I build wing bones, cane yelpers, Jordan style yelpers, and and this bamboo yelper, and you know that's that's kind of where I'm at there now. And you know I've got uh, about three calls here laying here by me. I've got a uh, two wing bones. Uh, I've got the first one that I ever built. Well, I won't say the first one that I ever built because. The first two or three that I ever built didn't sound worth the flip. I've since robbed the bones out of them once I figured out what I was yeah. supposed to be doing. And uh, But this one came out pretty good. It's got a cork lip stop on it. And, you know, a lot of people don't like cork. I don't like cork myself because it has such a memory to it. Right. But I found out that once you set that cork where it needs to be at and don't ever move it, everything sounds fine. But here's the problem with turkey hunters. They're finaglers. You know, <laughs> they like to move stuff. Yeah, that's so, exactly right. I've, I've, I don't know that I've ever had a box call I hadn't tinkered with. Yeah, yeah I know. And, and that, that's kind of me, you know. I, I wanted to get back into the old style making of calls. 
like I said, you know, I, I don't even hunt with a pot call anymore. I don't hunt with a mouth call anymore. What you'll find me in the woods with is either air-operated calls, wing bones or trumpets, cane yelper, bamboo yelper, whatever, and a good yep. box call. If you want to, I'll, I'll take just a minute and, and run through these three calls for you here. So you've got two wing bones, and do you have one of those cane yelpers right there? No, what I've got is one of these bamboo yelpers here. Yeah, I, I'll be I'm honest with too. you, every cane yelper I've ever built, I, I've I had one for myself, I had one for my wife, and somehow or another up in Nashville, Tennessee, up there at the Grand Nationals one year, we was up there, and my wife had one cane yelper between the two of us, and I'd, I'd made it specially for her. And, you know, a guy come up to me and wanted to know what, what I got for him and all of that. And so I said, well, here, I told him what I got. And then she come to me and she said, well, if you want to give him this cane yelper, you can always build me another one. But I've been so busy building cane yelpers for other people that somehow or another over the last two years, I hadn't been able to build her one or myself one. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I, I'm going to step out here and I'm going to set this phone down and all right. I walk here, here and give you a little playing on them. That'd be great. This first one I'm going to play here, this is the first one that I built. And I'll tell you, it's, it's strictly out of old gobbler bones, but I think it's got a pretty good tone to it. But anyway, you give a listen, and, and you can tell me what you think. All right. That's the first one that I ever built right there since I started building these things. And, and I'm, I'm going to play a little hen bone here. Okay. I don't get a whole lot of hen bones. Generally, what I get, what I keep for myself is is something that you know, I'm going to say this. Well, when, when you're dealing with people, you kind of have to be a mind of, that you might put the, the call in the hands of someone who, who doesn't have 16, 17 years experience in playing one. Right. Most of the people that I talk to, that's what they want is a hen bone. And and most people will play one way too hard, you know, to get the, the, the good effects out of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what I generally end up with is something other that, that I'm not going to send out to somebody because it takes a little bit more finesse to play. You know, if I send it out, I want Joe Blow to be able to pick it up and play it. Right. So uh, here's this little wing bone, and, and so, I, I, you know, I'm going to play it for you. Here you go.
but I was a little hen wing bone. That's outstanding. Let me get this old bamboo yipper out here. I sent this call off. Good friend of mine, Kelly Puckett, does some wood burning and all. And I built three of these calls right to begin with. That's all the pieces of bamboo the guy had. And I built one that went to Missouri and I built this one and built my buddy Russell one. And the one that went to Missouri, it had a strutting gobbler on it. This one's got a, a hen just ready to pitch down at early morning off the limb. Oh, cool. And Russell's had a flying hen on it. But anyway, uh, this is this is a piece of bamboo on the end. It's got a piece of river cane in the center section and a river cane in the mouthpiece. And I'll step off here and play it for you. Okay. there we got those three calls that is outstanding that was really good i appreciate you playing those you know they just are so realistic and well i should say they're so realistic when someone who knows how to play them that's not me uh (laughs) plays them (laughs) but but you well, know, I mean that that really is that that is like mind blowing how realistic that is. Uh, you know, to me, I think that that might be next to natural voice calling. You know, somebody that's as, that's real good with natural voice calling. Well, I I'll tell you, I, you know, I, I for ten years I sat around in a camper at night with uh, very little to watch on TV. Mm-hmm. And I would sit there and just practice a club, you know. I mean, I, I've had guys walk up to the table before and they pick one up, and you know they they want to try to whistle Dixie on it. They they want to go through every every sound that a turkey can make, you know. Right. And right. and one of the things that that people ask you, well, can you gobble on one? Yeah, I can gobble on one, you know, to a degree that. I, am I going to hunt with it, and am I going to use it in the woods? No, I'm not, because there's so many other calls out there that will produce a, a lot better gobble. But I've I've sat in that camper a long time at night just seeing just how softly I could make that cluck, seeing just how softly I could make that yelp. 
you know, just closing my eyes mm-hmm. and, and, and just envisioning that hen standing at 20 yards from me out there, you know, and she's just making a little soft pop. Just, just a little sound like that, or just a little whine, you know. Just those little subtle sounds like that, you know. I mean, just close your eyes, and in your mind's eye, you see this hen standing out there, and she's sitting there. You know, it's kind of like one time I, I had a hen so far from me that I couldn't hear her, but I picked up a set of binoculars and put it to my eyes, and I could hear everything that that hen was saying, you know, just by watching her yeah. her beak move. And so, you know, that that's kind of the way that I have practiced. And another thing, too, you know, I'm a call maker. I, I, I'm out here in this shop every afternoon. I've got a call to my mouth every day. Right. And yeah. and that's one of the things that I think that a lot of these guys don't realize. I see them all the times on Facebook, on the forums, and all that two weeks before the season come in. But I broke out the old trumpet. I broke out the old wing bone. Decided I'd practice a little bit. You know, they're practicing going down the road. But number one, you got to concentrate on your driving going down the road and make sure you don't rear in somebody or run through a red light or, or what have you, you know. I, I believe that, that you need to get by yourself somewhere or another. You need to get in the woods and see just what kind of sounds that you can actually get out of one, and, and you don't need to start two weeks before the season comes in. So I agree. You know, yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit more about practicing in a minute, but so before we really dig in, and start dissecting a wing bone call. If someone wants to get in touch with you, if they want a, a wing bone call and they want to look at what you've got or buy some of your callers, how can they get in touch with you? What's the best way for them to do that? Well, I've got a Facebook page over there, Mark Sharp. You know, as far as the forums go, I used to be on the forums. I'm still on there. I don't post up a whole lot of pictures over there on the forums right now. You know, photo bucket was my big thing. You know, mm-hmm. you post up the photo bucket, and, I, and I've got a lot of stuff over there. But some of the forums didn't want the call makers in with the turkey call conversation, so they buried it in a different form. And, you know, so, so I'm. And another one over there, you know, like I said, photo bucket was so user friendly that that's what I use. And I've never picked up Flickr or Imager or anything like that. Yeah. So right now, mainly I'm on on Facebook. I, I do that. You know, feel free to my number is 912-531-1845. Pick up the telephone. Give me a call. A friend of mine, Russell Beard, he and I started up the Unicoi Callmaker Show in 2016 was our first year. And that's kind of an interesting story behind that. You know, we were at a show in 2015 and just seemed like all this was going downhill. And he told me he's not on the forums very much. He said, you know, you're pretty good on these forums. He said, why don't you see what it'll take to get these shows back up and going? Mm-hmm. And so I ask around, and, you know, a lot of the places that you go to, they're going to charge you an admission fee, $8 to get in. I heard from one guy that, you know, he and his wife and 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 three kids would come to a show, and it was eight, uh, 
40 bucks to get in and then by the time they ate something that was another 40 bucks and he could go online and and order two calls for the price of an admission fee yeah plus he still had to buy the call at the show so you know i asked around and everybody wanted to know about this show and i was wanting to know about it too where would be the best place to hold it well the georgia state used to be at unicoi and for whatever reason they got to moving it around and and it just dropped off and the biggest answer i could get was to move it back to unicoi where it needed to be unicoi is a that show started in the in the late sixties, early seventies as mainly a trade show. And so I you know, I got on the phone and I got to calling some of these old timers about Unicoi. How would you like to have it come back? And you know, the answers that I got from them was, Man, we've been praying for somebody to come along and resurrect this show at Unicoi. You know, we feel like we're too old at this stage to bring it back and so yeah. Russell and I put our heads together, and we decided we would bring this show back to Unicoi. And, and next year will be our fourth year there. And we've got, you know, 70, 75-plus call makers in there of all different qualities, from Lamar Williams, Darren Dawkins, Steve Mann, Billy Bites, right on down to, to guys that haven't been building calls but just three or four years. Mm-hmm. You know, something for everybody. And there's no admission fee to it. We, we're there on Fridays and Saturdays, and it's always the second weekend in January. You know, and we've had we've had a good turnout, a lot of success. It's a lot of work, but, you know, I enjoy doing it. Uh, I enjoy putting this show on. I get to meet a lot of people. You know, we've got folks from Pennsylvania, New York, Ohio, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Kentucky, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Alabama, and as far west as Texas, you know, mm-hmm. that come and set up at this show. So it's been a super success in my eyes. And I think that the guys that are coming, we have uh, a couple of knife makers, custom knife makers that come. This year, we've got two or three authors that's going to be set up there, which two of them's been there before. Uh, we've got a new one coming in, and that's Larry Prophet. And Larry has written a book entitled A Letter to My Grandsons, or Letter to My Grandsons, in in which I've got a, a little spot in that book there that Larry called me and wanted me to send him a memorable hunt. So I did, and, and you know, Larry's, he, he spoke about me in there. Larry's got a couple of my wing bones, and, you know, we've got Glenda Green. She's coming. She, she makes a call bag, you know that everybody seems to like and I'm interested in looking at those this year. We've got several people coming that's that makes pot call pouches, box call pouches mm-hmm. and so forth and so on. We got a a few locator call guys coming. And it's just a it's just a great show and the thing about it is is you know at night time everybody sits around the fire, chews fat, tells old hunting stories, and you know, whether they be true or not, I'm not I'm not here to say, <laughs> but you know it's just a great time, and it's and it's not it's it's not the rush, it, it's not the hurry up, and let's get out of here that Nashville is. You know, I mean, Friday night we have a buffet supper there, and everybody comes back, sits around the fire. You know, we'll be up till one or two o'clock in the morning out there. You know, just having a good time and socializing with people, and it's 
it's just, you know, if you want to talk to me, hey, come back behind my table over here and we'll talk. And everybody there is the same way. You know, it's just a good old bunch of turkey hunters getting together one time a year and putting on a real good show. And, and like I said, I got to give a plug here from my buddy Russell Beard there, a uh, Russell call maker and, and a darn good one that Bill's box calls. And so, you know, it's it's a lot of work, but it's real enjoyable. I look forward to it every year, you know. Yeah. So, you know, between Unicor and Nashville, I go to Nashville every year. I don't ever carry a call up there with me. They don't, they frown on people selling out of a bag. And, and in fact, same way with us at Unicor, you know, because if a guy pays his money for a table, then he ought not to have to compete with a guy that doesn't have anything invested in the show, but him being there, you know. Right. So, you know, I've had people to, to get with me at Nashville and say, you didn't bring any calls. No, I didn't bring any calls. You know, I don't have a booth here. I'm not in, in anybody's booth. So no, I don't have a call, but you know, uh, like I said, I, you know, I gave you my phone number there. I'm on Facebook, uh, word of mouth, word of mouth to me is, is one of the best sellers that I have had, you know, is satisfied yeah. customers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it goes a long way to get one of those callers in the hands of somebody that can work it because then when the people that hunt with that person hear how good that call runs, they want one. Right, right. Yeah, it's like going fishing with a buddy that's got a lure that you don't have and he's out catching you two to one. The first thing you do when you get back home is go buy one of those lures. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) And buy every one of them on the card. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, I've uh, for everybody listening to the show, I have not been to Unicoi yet. Yeah. And this coming year is probably the year that I'm going to go because I have heard nothing but outstanding comments from people about the show. And so yeah. it's got me wanting to go and see what it's all about. So that, you know, everyone's comments and then you talking about it, it's got yeah. me pretty fired up and I think I can easily skip a weekend of deer hunting to go up, go and enjoy some hanging out with some turkey callers. And well, good. We, we would definitely love to have you there. Yeah. Yeah. So very good. Yeah. Well, I may, I may bring the microphone up there and just do some interviews if, if. Hey, that would be wonderful. Would like yeah. That. Yeah. So good deal. Yeah. So let's dig in here to these wing bone calls. What is it, in your opinion, that makes a wing bone such a good caller? Well, actually, it's two things. It's the guy behind the call, and it's the material that it's made out of itself. Now, you know, it, 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 it's, it's hard. It's uh, weatherproof. You know, I, I, I put a, a clear coat on mine, mm-hmm. but I don't. I don't put so much on there that it deadens the sound. I mean, I don't want a plastic call. Right. But, you know, I I put enough on there to keep the natural sound of that call in there. And and from what I've been told, and I've talked to several guys before that builds trumpets and all like that, and, you know, and they tell me that it sounds the most authentic uh, when when you record a turkey's voice that a wing bone sounds the most like that turkey's voice. And another thing that I think, too, is, you know, this is the oldest type of call that there is. You know, 
I think it's a lot of nostalgia. I think it's the fact that it sounds really good. I think it's the fact that, you know, people want henbone turkey calls that's higher pitched. But once they get proficient at playing these calls, they can get gobbler sounds and all out of them, you know. Right. It's a versatile call. It's directional. You know, you, you, you cup your hands. Now, you know, I hear a lot of people and see a lot of people that want to cup both hands around the call. I don't necessarily do that. I, I hold that call right down in the bell, and I, I know a lot of people say, well, I'm left-handed, I'm right-handed, I want a call that fits this way, I want one that fits that way. And, you know, that, that has never bothered me. I just adjust to the call itself, you know, and so it doesn't really matter which wing it comes off of to me. You know, I just learned to play that call. It's called spending time with it, getting used to that particular call. Because if I build a call for a guy, I'm not going to ask him, are you left-handed or right-handed? You know, in fact, I don't even know which one will go with a left-handed or right-handed guy because, like I said, they're all the same to me. But when you get into playing that call, and, and, you know, I'll cup it with one hand with a small chamber. I put my other hand up against it at the bottom, and I will direct that sound by opening my off hand to the sound that I want it to go to. And it's like an old turkey hen that's standing out there, you know, and her her head is, is pivoting, you know. She's projecting that, that sound. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she may be looking off to the left over here at this, at this old head that comes out here on this oak flat, and she may be projecting her voice over there. Well, in the same time, she flips her head around to the right side over here towards a field that's 200 yards away. And that's one of the things that I find that is so good about an air operated call, whether it be a wing bone trumpet, cane yelper, whatever. But, you know, to me, that wing bone just has a sound to it. And I'm not, you know, <laughs> there's a knack to building a wing bone that has rasping. I've, I've always heard people say that a wing bone always sounds clear, but it's not so much as, as the wing bone itself. It's how you're playing that call and how that call was built. And that's what I try to put into all my calls is I want I want that rasp in that call. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, I've got in calling matches with hens before. As soon as you hit that wing bone, this old hen will get fired up, you know. This gobbler's fired up. And you're, in a, you're actually in a calling match with this old hen over here to keep her from going straight to that gobbler or that gobbler going to her. Right. So, you know, you've got to outdo her and, and catch him on the way by. Yeah. Which, you know. He, he he's coming, he's coming to the one that's gonna sound the most like the turkey. And, and like I said, I, I've been in too many calling matches with hens. You know, you can play a box call and you don't hear nothing. You you pick up one of these wing bones, and all of a sudden you hear a hen over there, ow, 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 back at you. And so that's enough to convince me which one sounds the most like a turkey. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So we've talked about this a little bit, and you have kind of hinted around as to how much practicing you've done, but let's, I know everybody's different and I know some people just have an ear for sound 
and they can duplicate any sound with almost any kind of instrument or their voice or whatever it happens to be. So some people are going to pick up a wingbone collar or a trumpet collar or any kind of a collar and just be good at it almost right away. Yeah. But let's just say for the average person, what kind of practicing do you think someone needs who's just picked up a wingbone collar for that person to feel comfortable using it in the woods on a turkey hunt? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I had a guy walk up to the booth one day. I had three or four calls laying there. Had his girlfriend with him. He's 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 19, 20, 21 years old, you know. Mm-hmm. He walks up, and he asked me, one. well, I, I was thinking to say one of the dumbest questions in the world, but I'm not so sure that it was. <laughs> He says, uh, all right, that's all that I've got for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you would like to hear the rest of this week's interview with Mark, and there's some great stuff in it, by the way, then you're going to need to become a subscriber to the premium content. And to do that, you simply need to text the word Turkey Hunter to the number 44222. Once you do that, I am going to send some instructions to you that you need to follow, and eventually you're going to get a link from me in an email. And that link is going to enable you to create your username and your password using the Podbean application and to pay the $18 per year subscription charge for the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. Your $18 subscription will get you Not only the premium content for this week's episode, but the premium content for the next 52 weeks, as well as the premium content for all of our past episodes. Okay, so we're at that point in time in the show to where if you listen regularly, you know I'm going to ask you for a favor. And the favor is this. If you're in the market for a wingbone collar, then give Mark Sharp a call and talk to him about his calls and buy a call from him. And let Mark know that you heard him on the Turkey Hunter podcast. That's a big help for me, and that's a big help for Mark as well. And it'll be a big help for you guys when you call in and kill that old call-shy Tom using your wingbone collar that you got from Mark. So that's all that I've got for you guys this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week and a very happy and safe Halloween, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review, and make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.